Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Jo Milmine and this is episode 111, Assimilating New Knitters. Hello, hello and welcome into another episode of the show. I'm Jo, hello, hope you're alright, hope you've been well since last time I spoke to you and been enjoying a little bit of knitting in the meantime. Today I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite subjects, one of my favourite things to do and that is assimilating new knitters and I've had a bit of a think about this and around it. Um, over the past couple of weeks and sort of broken it down into five areas I think we need to address um, if we are going to assimilate more new knitters and it's kind of one of my kind of life's work thing to not that I even kind of know my life's work is but it certainly feels like it's important to uh, get more people knitting and, and introduce them to it and let them loose really with with creativity and with making stuff and I mean can you even imagine can you even remember a time before you knew knitting was awesome and don't you kind of feel a little bit like wearing on the secret and everyone else who thinks it's just bananas is kind of missing out on a whole sort of world that they'd never knew existed Um, and it's a bit mean it's a little bit mean to keep it all to ourselves I think so that's why I wanted to talk about that today and think about the different ways that all of us as knitters, because it is our duty to share the love, um, how can we how can we do that? What are the, the, the things we need to overcome and how can we make knitting a little bit more sexy and appealing really to people? And I know, you know, knitting's on the rise, blah, 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 insert cliched newspaper article here. Um, but is it really like, and is it, are, are, are we doing ourselves any favours? Do we have an image problem with knitting on and all these other kind of things uh, that I've been thinking about that I wanted to share with you today and also get your feedback on it because you're out there as well on the ground. You're out there assimilating new knitters to the Borg, if you will. And um, you'll all have different experience that I would love to hear about and um, find out how you see things in assimilation of knitters. So that's the main show topic for today. And before we get into that, I've got a couple of things for you. Number one, and most importantly, um, and it makes me hungry every time I think about it, is there has been a bit of a heated fish and chips debate ongoing over in the uh, Shiny Bees podcast community Facebook group. And I've been asking people like, how do you take your fish and chips? Do, do you put gravy on it? Basically, I want to know. And I do judge you massively if you don't. Um, and I, we might not even be able to be friends if you don't like gravy, to be honest. <laughs> I'm only kidding, like vegetarians, calm down, I'm still going to be a friend. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this is a very deeply personal thing for a northerner. And I want to know about all of you as well. Um, Sarah, bless her, Kate popped up and said she puts ranch dressing on hers. Hideous. What, you, you, you're an animal. What? What is ranch? There's blue cheese in it. Like, ooh. <laughs> anyway, um, that is on going over then. If you're not a member, you can find um, links to it in the community tab on my website, chinabees.com. And also you can go to Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Shiny Bees podcast community and join us over there. Um, Claire has, has shared today some fantastic knitting porn from 
the BBC, of all places, because there's a lady doing knitted pole dart characters and uh, selling them at £34 a pop. And they're really popular, apparently. She sold loads. Amazing. They're really good as well. Played right into my little happy, random knitted character pattern heart. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But go check it out. Very funny. Um, Awesome article there. The other things that are going on in there is um, I'm doing a, not a competition, a giveaway for reviews on iTunes. Because I ask you to do one every week um, and you don't listen to me, basically. (laughs) So I'm politely requesting if I can give you a prize um, and do a giveaway for people who've done reviews to the show. The reason for that is um, the more reviews you get on iTunes, basically the higher up the search results you come and the easier it is for people to find the show. And the more ways we can find new knitters by making information accessible, the better. And podcasts are one of those. I mean, think about before you listen to podcasts and then think about all of the stuff you learned as a result of listening to podcasts. Um, All the techniques, the reviews, the people patterns yarns like it opens up a whole new world not to mention like the community aspect and other people who do what you do because as knitters we can be a little bit secretive as I talk about in the show um, and it's not always easy to find other knitters and podcasts are one of the ways that you can connect with other people and find them um, and so that's that's part of what I'm doing as well is try and get you know knitting podcasts further up the hobbies results and get people listening to them so there are details over in the group if you hate facebook or tldr basically don't want to watch my little quick video in there then um anyone that does a review before the 30th of may will be put in a draw and um i'll be giving away a couple of prizes that have been collected you don't even have to give me a positive review you don't need to blow sunshine up my ass i don't really care be honest um you can even give me a one-star review and write that i'm not that funny if you want because someone has so let's hope they don't win the prize because i think they're probably not going to really appreciate it that much if they do um but yeah so go um head over there there's a little video in the group that shows you how to do reviews as well in under 47 seconds um on itunes because it's not that obvious like the button is not that big um just FYI UX point of view for you there iTunes so there was that and finally there is Woolen in Dublin I am going between Thursday and Sunday the 24th to the 27th and if you are going I would love to cuddle you in real life so let me know send me an email or whatever and if you see me wandering around then please do stop me and chat to me and say hello because I like nothing more than to cuddle my listeners figuratively and actually I'm a great cuddler I'm a firm cuddler. I do like a good squeeze. So you've been warmed if you're not like if you're not into that. I don't do the wet lettuce handshakes. I don't do the wet lettuce cuddles. Just so you know, um, if you're American, cuddles are hugs. Like by the way, if you don't use cuddles as a word, it's nothing kinky. Should I put my arms around you, give you a bit of a squeeze, and that and that's it really. It's, you know, and, you know, in public after all. And um, I would love to see you. So please let me know if you're going to be there. So as well. Finally, we're going to go into the um, the topic of the show. I hope you'll enjoy this one. And like I said, this is a conversation opener. It's not yours, like gospel content to assimilate in knitters. I would really love to open some dialogue with you around this and have conversations about how we can kind of assimilate more knitters and what ideas you've got. So without any further ado, my loves, um, here is the topic of the show. So, assimilating new knitters. Super important topic, as I mentioned in the intro, and something that 
I'm kind of on a bit of a mish to do. I think more people should know how to knit. I think more people need to know how great it is. And I don't think there's necessarily enough opportunities for people to try it and experience it and find out for themselves. So I've broken my kind of manifesto for assimilating new knitters down into kind of five key pillars of assimilation that I think need to be kind of covered. When we talk about getting people knitting, these are number one, marketing. Two is self-belief. Number three is the right materials and tools. Number four, medium and motivation. And number five, access to decent resources. Hashtag just warning you, I do have opinions in number five and uh, and I will be sharing them with you. And um, these are like the five key areas that I think need to be addressed when we think about assimilating new knitters. And I've broken each one down into a little chunk uh, for discussion basically with you and to see if if my thoughts are right on it, not there's any right and wrong, they're your opinions, they're your thoughts, it's your experience, like people can't argue with that obviously, but it's good to share all of these things and uh, come up with new ways of doing stuff and new ways of getting new knitters. So that's what I'm hoping to do with this episode today. So number one, marketing. Okay, and you would think like, why do we need to market knitting? Like it's not like a product or anything. Like why does it need to be that clinical? And marketing is just about communication. That's what marketing is. It's communicating features and benefits um, of anything. You know, you market yourself when you go for a job, you market a product, you market a place. Um, everyone is out, is always marketing um, and everyone is always selling or being sold and, and ultimately we want people to be sold on knitting um, so that they'll try it and they'll get involved and they'll enjoy it you know again selling is just solving people's problems it's not something that's like dirty and sleazy it's just a way of solving someone's problems people like to buy and we need to as knitters be selling the concept of knitting to other people who don't knit and also um marketing knitting is something that is worth doing so addressing the elephant in the room knitting has got an image problem knitting has got an image problem because when you ask the average person what they think about knitting it's almost always the case that they will say it's for nanas. It's for old people. It's what you do in a nursing home. It's um what you do when you've got too much time on your hands. Um, it's for old people or pregnant ladies. That that is who knitting is for, and it's in no way helped by really cliched and stereotyped coverage of knitting in pretty much everything, whether it's the press, whether it's the news, whether it's a book or a story, whether it is. Um, a film, it is very often the case that it that, that knitting is portrayed in a very stereotypical manner. And that manner is, it's only for old people or for pregnant ladies, generally. Um, almost always a nana that's knitting. And we, obviously, we know it's not just for, nata, for nanas. Um, it's not for nanas as well, um, but it's, it is for everyone. And um, the problem is, is when that perception that it is only for nanas is portrayed so often, and that's what people say, um that's what they believe to be the case because the marketing is not there. The marketing is saying knitting is for nanas, knitting is for old people, knitting is what you do when you're nearly dead um, and knitting is for pregnant people. 
And if that's all you see, that's all people know. Um, because they don't know any different, they don't have access to any different information. And the other aspect of that, because I mean, I could blame the media for the woes of knitting and not enough people being able to do it. And that would be all kind of convenient, you know. Um, but it isn't just a one-sided thing. And the problem with knitting or the problem with knitters all of us, not not me so much because not that I don't have problems but I don't actually care what anyone thinks, knitting is generally something that is done in secret. It's not something like running where you see people out on the streets all the time doing it. People generally don't do it out and about. Unless you're a knitter with a capital K and then you don't give a monkeys like, like me, um, not many people do. There's a lot of secret knitters around. You only do it at home where other people can't see what they're doing because there's some kind of shame around people seeing you knitting. Hashtag knitting as a marketing problem. And the thing, the other thing that kind of p- part of that is, is that people make comments to you in public. And I found this to be a thing. I do it anyway. I don't care, as I say. But when you knit in public, you open yourself up to similar kinds of, of comments and um, criticism of what you are doing in the same way that people feel like they can come and give you parenting advice, um, unsolicited parenting advice, or that they can start touching you once you become visibly pregnant. Um, it's kind of the same thing I find that people come over to you and they'll be like, you, you're doing that wrong. Um Oh, my grandma used to knit it this way. Oh, you knitter, are you? Oh, no, 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 but my, my grandma, like, 50 years ago when she did it, she didn't do it like that. She didn't use those pointy sticks. What's that cable thing? And they come and say silly things to you in the same way that people say silly things to you about your children um, or about the fact you're pregnant. And um, that doesn't really encourage you to get your knitting out in public. People stare. People do stare. I've found it can be quite an effective way of getting rid of weirdos on trains because I have one of those faces that attracts weirdos. I don't know why they like me, but they do. And they want to come sit near me and then they want to talk to me. And I don't want to be talking to you on the train. I want to be doing my knitting. And I find that if I have my knitting out and I spread things out a little bit, it tends to stop people sitting near you, which is, is helpful and useful. Um, But this is where it comes back to that marketing issue. Like, how do we make knitting desirable and communicate the benefits of knitting to people um as another example think about a Skoda like when I was a kid it wasn't that long ago in fairness I'm only 35 but when I was a kid Skoda right Skoda was known universally as being a really crap car it was a lemon it's like a larder Skoda rubbish cars break down all the time nobody wants them um terrible image problem and as a result you just didn't really see them anywhere Fast forward to now, uh, Lada's still not so much, in fairness, but Skoda has had somewhat of a resurgence. Like they've re- they reformed all the marketing, like they changed all of the brand image. And those people have them now. It's not seen as being like a bad car to have anymore. It's not seen as being unreliable and unfashionable. Um, and they, they have some quite cool models, you know, and people are getting into it again because they changed the way they presented themselves. Um, and I feel like knitting needs to do that. And you can cry, put your hands up, throw your hands in the air and tell me about the great work that Pom Pom are doing and about Loop and about all these trendy, fashionable yarn shops that we've got and Ravelry and blah, blah. But let me tell you, the number of knitting shop owners that I work with personally that have customers that come in their shop that have never heard of Ravelry. 
tons of them and they're already knitters so you can't just place everything at the at the doorstep of one or two independent trendy magazines um or your brooklyn tweeds or anything else that are trying to make it fashionable and accessible and at the doorstep of ravelry um, and expect the general public to find those things if there are knitters who actually bloody knit who don't know about those things and yes it is a thing it is absolutely a thing so knitting needs to reform its marketing and it needs to make itself more trendy more accessible and more for everyone if we are to hope to assimilate more new knitters i'm on a v so number two, self-belief. This is a massive thing in teaching and learning. It's a massive thing generally and it's a massive thing for knitting. Let me consult my notes because I've gone on to page two for this. Um, and it comes back to that conversation that I mentioned before that you have with people out and about because if we're out there more if more people are seeing young people knitting if more people are seeing it round and about if more people see that it's not just something that people did in the olden days or when they had no money if people see the cool stuff you can make that all helps to change the image of knitting and make it more desirable because that's what it needs to, it needs to be desirable for people and um, the kind of conversations that you have with people and you will have been there if you've knit in public or if anyone's even found out you knit you will have had these conversations and you will have heard some of these phrases before oh I could never do that oh that looks really complicated I tried it when I was a kid and I was hopeless dude you know you didn't drive a car when you were a kid and you'd have been hopeless at that so why are you still using this as an excuse now I don't really know but okay I don't have the time slash patience slash concentration for knitting it looks really hard. OMG, how do you do that without looking at what you're doing? Like, she's not... Uh, Dave, have you seen her? She's not even looking. She's not looking at what she's knitting, Dave. Alan, have you seen this girl over here knitting? In whatever local accent. That obviously being my local accent. Again, it looks really hard. It's like anything else, you know, these these are the what people the things that people say to you and these are the ideas that they have in their head. And it is like teaching anything. You have to bridge the gap between curiosity, because if they weren't curious, they wouldn't be asking you about it and they won't be talking to you about it. So they're obviously curious and curiosity is the first step to learning. Right. But how do you bridge that gap between curiosity and ingrained beliefs about what they are and aren't capable of? That they might have had since they were bloody seven and the blind auntie Enid, left handed, tried to teach them knitting. Like they could have had these beliefs for a very long time because quite often people do try to teach children to knit, probably a bit too early probably with the wrong stuff, probably the wrong projects I'm going to come on to later on. And these are things that you remember forever. In the same way that I knew that I was only ever going to jump off the third board at Wigan International Pool because it was just too scary. And the second board was enough for me. I only had to jump off the third board once to believe I never wanted to jump off it again. And how can you bridge that gap? How can you make it so they feel they are capable of achieving the knitting it looks really hard I could never do that I tried it when I was a kid and I was hopeless at it how do you do that now as an aside whenever anyone asks me about knitting whenever anyone's like oh you'll have to teach me sometime politely 
I grab the moment and I do it there and then and I let them knit on my project. Probably not going to let them knit on a boo knits. I'll be honest with you, but I almost always when I'm in a situation where I'm going to see people out in public, I've got something that's easy to knit because that's what you take out in public, right? I've got something that's guard stitch, stocking stitch, whatever, that is dead simple, that is easy to knit. And I'm like, okay, I'll show you now. Oh, I can't, I can't knit on that, I'll spoil it. Well, if, if, if you do it wrong, I'll just pull it out. Like, I can just go backwards and fix it. I can fix all of I've been knitting a long time. I can fix all the mistakes because I've made them myself. Again, belief. Come and knit on my thing. Let me show you now. It's dead easy. It's only one one stitch at a time. That's all you need to know. It's one stitch at a time. In, round, through, off. That's it. Watch again. In, round, through, and off. One more time. You tell me what to do. In, round, through, and off. Okay, you have a turn. You show me now. And that's it. And that is the, all I get them to do is just a basic stitch because it's about the belief. If they do the first stitch, they'll believe they can do the other stitches as well. They will. But you've got to give them something quick, an easy win on something they don't believe they can do. They don't believe they can knit on your project because you're a really good knitter and you're not even looking what you're doing. But if you can make them do it, the belief is there straight away. And then the curiosity takes over again because they believe they can do it. And it is, I get really opinionated about education and I think school sets people up to be afraid of failing, afraid of getting things wrong. And then when you get to being an adult and you, you're reluctant to try things because you've just been, it's been ingrained in you for so long that you've got to get the answers right. And it's about getting the results and it's about getting this on your sats and it's about getting this GCSE and it's about going through the machine and, and you actually lose the whole point of what it is, which is learning, like learning how to learn. Um rather than passing things just for the sake of passing an exam. Um, and that's why adults can be harder to teach sometimes. So it's about getting that belief there as, as a kind of an aside, as in a top tip. So going on to number three then, right materials and tools. How many times have you changed your knitting needles because you don't like the way that the join is between the cable and the needle? How many times have you stopped knitting with DPNs because you find them too fiddly and you want to knit magic loop because you, you, you always use cable needles now? How many times have you gone, um, I don't want to you know knit these pieces flat, I want to knit them in this other way because it's better, it doesn't hurt my hands, it doesn't make my fingers tired, um, I knit continental because I do it this way, I knit English, I, I knit English style, but Scot I hold the, the needles in a Scottish way, but I knit the English style. Um, that's how I knit. I know it's not the fastest way, but that's how I knit. That's how my grandma taught me. She's Scottish, so that's the way I knit. But there's different, there's different materials, there's different needles, there's different techniques, different ways of holding things, and everything is different for everyone else. And the problem with teaching knitting and assimilating knitters is this: people decide they want to go and learn to knit. They go to eBay and find the cheapest kit they can find. It comes with crappy plastic needles, squeaky acrylic yarn, and a badly written pattern that's printed on the cheapest paper possible with the least number of instructions possible by someone who's probably not even a teacher. So they don't know how to break it down properly. They just want to turn a profit on some knitting kits. And then they try and knit it. And then they fail miserably, coming back to self-belief, number two. And then they give up because the experience is not there. They don't have the right resources, which we'll come on to at number five. But they are, so, you know, knitting is a tactile thing and you want things that feel good in your hands and you, it needs to feel comfortable and ergonomic. 
for something that's a repetitive activity you're going to be doing needs to feel like you've got control of things and that the yarn isn't always slipping off the needle or it doesn't feel hard in your hands and that's why I think a lot of people don't go past that initial curiosity as well is that they they get something that is the wrong equipment to start with and therefore they can't enjoy the experience so as an example my dear dear friend Lee used to knit when he was younger was really good at it and quite confident so we've got number two nailed right and I've sold him number one because he thinks I'm cool so he wants to knit two right so one and two are covered and we come on to number three and he's like oh I should just get some yarn and I always say to people no don't get some yarn let me buy you some let me get some for you because if they go down the market and, and they work, go to the, the acrylic emporium in Wigan Market, for instance, they're only going to get acrylic and they're only going to get the cheapest plastic needles. They're not necessarily going to get the nicest stuff that makes it feel good. Now, I'm not saying they need 20 quid a skin BFL silk. And I know I, I didn't send him that, actually, because he's got to work his way up. But what I did do is he was talking about... Um, They've got some, a lot of appointments they're going to be needing to go to um, and he wanted to do something with his mother-in-law and um, she's a knitter and he wanted to make her this blanket. So I said, tell me your colours, I'll send you some yarn. So I picked out, because there's going to be him and his wife and his daughter, they're all going to do it together. I picked some out Addy, Addy Lace needles. So again, not the cheapest needles that you can get. The circular, so I know he can do straight knitting and he can do stuff in the round when he gets to that later. They feel nice in your hand. They're nice and pointy. Um, so they're easier to get through the yarn, you know, you don't get as much any of the splitting and stuff like that. And then I got uh, West Yorkshire Spinners, so I got some uh, Blueface Leicester, 100% Blueface Leicester yarn. Now I could have gone for the Airedale, right, fantastic yarn, my mother-in-law's knit stuff for Sammy out of that yarn and it's bloody indestructible. The acrylic blend felted and that didn't when my mum washed it, like it is good, good yarn. But it's not the softest yarn. Um, that's why it has the properties it has. And I was like, nah, I don't want that because it's going to be for his mother-in-law. It needs to be nice and soft, right? Let's go with the BFL. I know that's going to wear well. I know it's going to feel nice to knit. It comes in some nice colours. It's not going to be that hard. Superwash not going to be that hard to look after. Um, but it's going to be better than getting some acrylic that, you know, some acrylic stretches and goes funny and you kill it and you wash it. and uh, Let me get that. So the reason for that is because I want him to do it. Like I want all three of them to do it because when, when you're at an appointment, as you know yourself as a knitter, if you're anywhere waiting, you grab your knitting, you can just sit there. If you're a bit worried about things, you can just sit there. So that when I go to hematology, um, I hate blood tests, hate needles, um, and I've got to go and get them all the time now. And I get quite... I get quite anxious, but I don't like needles. I don't like the thought of needles. I like the whole, I can't look. I can't even see them getting the packets out. Like it, it makes me lightheaded. Um, so I take my knitting and that calms me down. That's one of the reasons a lot of people start knitting is because they've got a medical condition and they end up in waiting rooms all the time. Super handy. Like it's something productive you can do. It's relaxing. It takes your mind off it. And you know, NHS being what it is, waiting times are long when you've only got an appointment. Like that's really useful and what you want is something that people can try and carry on with um so that's what I do when I, I get yarn for for other people is I make sure it's decent yarn decent needles um and just say look if you if you decide you hate knittings please send them back to me because <laughs> they're not the cheapest ones um, and I can give them to someone else if you don't like it you know so there are ways of, of doing that and I appreciate not everyone's budget will stretch to that um but it's not like I give out free knitting kits to everyone that I meet um 
it's just every now and again as you know as a gift to help help people out who are super keen so that right materials and tools if we're going to get more people knitting if we're going to assimilate everyone to the knitting board then we have to be using a variety of needles and tools and um yarns and we need to be finding the right yarns and needles for the people that we're teaching so number four medium and motivation again i have ideas about this because i've been teaching for a while um why why oh why does everybody every bugger who teaches anyone to bloody knit be it in school or anywhere else start people off with a bloody doctor who scarf right the massive absolutely massive and boring as hell i started off with a doctor who scarf i got as far as it being big enough to be a hot water bottle co cover had to change colors 15 times um before i got bored of it and it got thrown and eventually i made it into a hot water bottle cover cover like a doctor who scarf is a massive thing to start off with and everyone's like yeah but it's dead easy it's the same stitch over and over again it's got plenty of practice well yeah yeah, you do, but I mean, how long before you get that buzz of the finished object? It's probably going to be years, I guarantee you. I Tell me, tweet me, send me a message on Instagram, right? How many of you have still got the first scarf that you knitted that isn't even long enough to be a scarf? How many of you have got it? Because I bet you there's a ton of you. It's a thing. It's a thing people do. They never finish it, and that's not good for motivation and when you're learning a new skill you need to be motivated you need to really want to get to that end result because oh it'll all be worth it in the end just keep going because when you get to the end it's going to be worth it you know and it is a doctor who scarf worth it i'd argue not when you're going to go buy a new scarf right you go and look for a nice scarf you, nobody but nobody buys doctor who scarves nobody sells doctor who scarves nobody goes looking for a garter stitch scarf because garter stitch is ugly man it's ugly doesn't look nice and why why try and get someone into a, an art you know a craft like this with a really ugly project like it doesn't make sense but it, it happens all the time it stresses me out a bit as you can tell right and what we need to be doing when it comes to the medium and the motivation and by the medium i mean what you're knitting and the motivation is why you're knitting that thing like we need to marry up i think three things number one a quick win because that comes back to point two which was self-belief if you get a quick win you get that feedback mechanism going you get that reward going people are going to want to carry on doing it like that's human nature reptilian brain we need a reward number two the complexity of what you're knitting okay it needs to yes it needs to be accessible yes it needs to be not that hard for them and yes there need to be repetition and um, to give people the chance to practice the rudiments you know the the basics um, but that also in with that is the desire for the finished end result, the end project that you get. Like, is their desire for a Doctor Who scarf big enough for them to knit for the amount of time that it's going to take them to do it and knit the same stitch? Are they really? Because if not, then we need to be changing the project to something smaller, like an iPod cover or a hat or something a smaller canvas for that that quick win to get them addicted to get them wanting to learn more to get their confidence up 
So they're my thoughts on medium and motivation. I don't think I need to explain that anymore um, because there, obviously there are lots and lots of things you can progress on to if you just get past that initial hurdle of the first project. And there are lots and lots of ways that you can break down bigger things into smaller things to get that quick win result um, before people go on to a bigger project, like a miniature sock and going through the motions of, of knitting a tiny little sock. So you do all of the techniques on a little canvas and then you can commit to that bigger one with more confidence and with the knowledge that you've got, knowing you're going to get that end result, even though it will be more work, knowing you can do it and having the confidence and the skill to do it. There are ways of doing this for all different projects. But my argument is, is we should kill the Doctor Who scarf, basically death to the Doctor Who scarf when it comes to teaching knitting. And number five, access to decent resources. I'm going to put it out there and say most YouTube videos on knitting are crap. Most of the tutorial videos on YouTube for knitting are crap. They are. They're badly lit. They're taught too fast. Um, or they've got daft props in them I've seen a raft of videos recently where they're trying to make it all artistic and all flat lay and like there's a place for that in advertising I would argue that if it gets to the point where you're trying to engineer a shot so you can fit a pot plant in there um, and then you can't actually see the bloody knitting what you're actually supposed to be learning about then you're doing something wrong and I'm coming at this from a teaching point of view right Styling is one thing, and I'm not saying use the ugliest things necessary to teach someone, but utility, you know, form is one thing, but the function here is what we need. You know, we're trying to teach someone a skill. We're not trying to show a beautiful picture. We're teaching them a skill, and therefore the emphasis for that needs to be on the skill. Um, I, I get really frustrated with YouTube videos, and yes, I know they're free, and yes, let's all be grateful that there's something out there, but think about it from a new knitter's point of view. If you actually can knit and you go and you look and you're like, oh, this tutorial's like really confusing. They do it too fast. They, they, you know, like they don't break it down enough for you to understand what you're doing. And we know what we're doing. Like, how, what chance has anyone else got if they don't? Now, there are some notable exceptions to this because I did say most. I didn't say all. Um, Very Pink does some awesome, awesome tutorials. Really solid, good tutorials with good notes good camera angles, shown correctly, good colours of yarn, good contrast, big enough needles, the works. But the vast majority of, of, of resources are crap. Um, a lot of learn to knit books have terrible, ugly projects in them in ugly yarn. Again, motivation and medium. If you want people to do things, you need to give them the motivation and the medium. Nobody wants ugly hats in ugly yarn. <laughs> they don't. Um... So it's about, I think, as as knitters, finding ways to document who were the good resources, really, or create our own resources that really do tap into focusing on, on teaching the skill rather than aesthetics or using yarn that you've been given by a company or, you know, getting as few pages printed in a book as possible because it costs money to print extra pages. Um. And I find that a lot of the independent books in particular, independent um, knitting designers who are producing books have the facility because it's their choice, because they're not being told what to do by a publishing company. They can choose to put more 
techniques in there and they can choose to expand um, the techniques section to make it really thorough and um, and appealing to people. But most most independent knitting designers are not doing basic, basic books. Most of them are doing more complicated, more interesting things um, than you would find necessarily in in a book. Um, and books can be hard because they obviously you only get certain pictures and you miss transitions between pictures and if you if you don't learn that way if you can't carry on the rest of the thing in your head as to what's happened in between them again it can be quite confusing but most of the time if someone's learning to knit they're not going to go to an independent designer and pay top whack for a book they're not because they want to do it the cheapest way possible because they're just getting into it and then you've got you go back to your ebay kit crap instructions no videos no real help crap needles squeaky yarn nobody's a winner so, to summarise, I think there are five pillars, five things we need to address if we are going to assimilate everybody to the knitting board, which is my heartfelt desire today. Number one, marketing. Knitting has an image problem and we need to solve it. It's not just for nanas and we need to make it accessible and appealing to everyone if we want people to try it. Number two, self-belief. People need to believe they're capable of doing it. People ha often have long-held beliefs about knitting and that the fact they can't do it because someone tried to teach them too young, to, when they were too young, using the wrong techniques. Um, and we need to change that and help them believe that they're capable of doing it before they're willing to try it. Number three. I can't remember what number three was now. Can you remember? Right materials and tools. <laughs> Just kidding. Checking you're listening. We need to be giving people decent tools and decent yarn to start with, not the cheapest, crappiest stuff because it doesn't work. It doesn't feel good in your hands and knitting is a tactile experience. Number four, medium and motivation. Death to the Doctor Who scarf when it comes to teaching knitting. Quick wins coupled with the right complexity level and the desire for the finished end result equals knitting success. That should probably be some kind of meme. Move over EZ, Joe is in the house. And number five, access to decent resources. We need decent learn to knit resources that are done properly using the right kind of techniques so that people can pick up the skill quickly, build up that confidence, get that quick win in the right medium with the right motivation and become a lifelong knitter. So there you go. There are my kind of five pillars of knitting world domination via the medium of assimilating knitters to the Borg. And I would love to hear your opinions as well, because I've talked very passionately about this. Um, and please don't mistake my passion for being ranty or not being an opener for a conversation, because it absolutely is. I think if we are going to get more people knitting and more people trying it and welcome them into our world that we know is ace, that we know how good this is then we, these are the conversations we need to be having and we need to be sharing our experience and sharing the best resources to make it as easy as possible for people to join in and I will I'm dying to hear your experience on this so please do get in touch and tell me hop over into the community and let me know you can tweet me email me whatever you like but definitely and if you want to use this as a a prompt to do your own blog post or whatever then do send me your thoughts on it and I don't care if you disagree with me in fact I like it when you do because it helps me to think right it's all right having my opinion on here and if you agree with it great but if you've got another opinion I always want to hear them because that's how you learn from listening to other people's opinions and their experience and taking the bits that you want and moving forward with those 
So yeah, that's all we've got time for today, I'm afraid. Oh, you might be glad. You might need to go and have a little lie down in a, in a darkened room by now. Um, after me orating, orating, so heartfelt in such a heartfelt way, like I'm, I'm literally losing my words now, I've literally run out of words now, so I will let you go, but um, I hope you will have a wonderful week, and I will speak to you all soon, cheers! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, full show notes for this episode can be found at uh, shinybees.com forward slash 111 and you can find me on all social media pretty much as at shinybees. That's all right.